and welcome everybody. What's bonkin'? Today I got a super special guest for episode 15 of Memory Card Memoirs. I have Jazzy's Games with me, man. I, I don't mean to fanboy, but I've watched your content for a long time and, and it was kind of... Uh, I was sweating a little when I sent you the first email. I definitely thought it was a shot in the wind. How are you doing? I'm doing great and uh, you have... You have the pleasure of being the first person to ever ask me to uh, be on an interview, so I am very happy to be here talking with you. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I, um, I I found you because like I just needed guides. Like me and my friends started playing Don't Start Together uh, in the pandemic, and I was just I just needed help. Even though I've played the game for years, and SEO worked in your favor, and that's awesome. how I found you. <laughs> well, I got a lot of guidance on, in that regard, regarding getting you know getting those videos onto the search results, because mm -hmm. you probably noticed that with as with any game, there's going to be a lot of competition on YouTube. Yeah, it's a pretty big pond. But yeah, I'm glad you found the content. Uh, so why don't you give the viewers a little bio about who you are? Sure. I am a part-time content creator. I started making videos. Well, I should I should back up. I am a 11-year resident of New York City. I moved here in 2010 to be a professional musician, try and live that dream, maybe get the, maybe get a Broadway gig one day. Um, done a bit of jazz work, hence the namesake. In uh, I want to say 2018, I. So I got, I got into the game that we're going to talk about today, and after, yeah, I, I realized that I was doing a lot of, like, playing this game a lot more than any other game that I've played before, including, you know, <laughs> games like Minecraft that I've put in, you know, over a thousand hours. Uh, but this game really drew me, and I was I'm watching more YouTube content, I got it got in my head that you know I have the equipment to make videos like this I have ideas for let's plays let's just start making content see what happens so I did that and after a while I got into you know video editing started making some guides and two years later I moved to twitch around the time I got I want to say 2,000 subscribers on YouTube and I've been streaming on twitch for the past two years and that's pretty much it I, I guess I should have prefaced asking <laughs> about you yeah. by saying that the game we're talking about is Don't Starve. That's what the episode's mm. about today. Um, so what drew you to the to Don't Starve initially? Like, Ooh. and again, you mentioned Minecraft. Like those games kind of share, in a sense, an identity. Mm-hmm. I'd say my my favorite genre of game. Is would be a mix between survival, roguelike, and open world building. I love mm -hmm. Minecraft because of the building, and I generally play. Well, back when I was playing a lot of Minecraft, I usually played it in hardcore mode, where if you die, that's it. You go, you, you lose everything. You lose the whole world. And uh, yeah. I want, yeah. So don't don't starve. Really drew me in the same regard. It, it just struck me as this very challenging survival game where you're constantly facing these threats. Uh, you're constantly, you know, at risk of dying. And the whole object of the game is to survive as long as you possibly can. There's no real end game goal. It's just keep surviving, keep building for as long as you can. And uh, for me, I, I, something about the the risk 
made the game unbelievably frustrating and gratifying in a way that I've never experienced with the game before. So, yeah, I, that's probably what made me so interested in figuring out how to play it well. And how did you find it? Because even still mm. to this day, and it's 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 so frustrating, because I, I talk about this game constantly, especially around my friends. This game has sold millions upon millions of copies and is like one of the most critically acclaimed indie games. And so many people don't know about it. And mm -hmm. and especially back in the day, like I, I think I found this game back in 2015 and it was just from a friend and he said he got it like bootlegged from another friend. How did you find <laughs> out about it? I was a big fan of Markiplier, and uh, oh. he did a series on Don't Starve. And then when Don't Starve, I, I think Jack Septicai also did a series, and then the two of them uh, did a, a DST series together. I think Etho, the the Minecraft uh, YouTuber, he also did a couple of couple of episodes with his uh, with his crew. I think Vintage Beef and uh, B Double O. I think they did a, a DST session together, but Etho, Etho bowed out after a couple of episodes. It was like, you could tell he was getting pretty frustrated. But yeah, I found yeah. it. I found it through YouTube and some of the popular content creators that I was following. Yeah, it's it's, it's wild because we were talking before, right, about my article, and I touched on that because that was one of Clay's um, strategies was to give people. A, cop a free copy of the game along with the copy they bought so that they could give it to a friend but what a lot of people ended up doing is they gave it to streamers and some big youtubers and then they tried it and it was like this mass marketing accidental genius move <laughs> from play <laughs> that made the game super popular and it gave it so much more outreach yeah it, i, it, I still just... have my extra copy of dst i haven't figured out who to give it to <laughs> I, I figured my brother would like it, but he's just, it turns out he's just not into survival games. He's more of an FPS guy. Yeah, yeah. L literally same. It's like, my brother has definitely walked in on me playing the game, and he's like, what's this? And I'll explain it to him, and he's like, ah, it's, it's, not, it's not Overwatch. It's not Call of Duty. And I was like, <laughs> ah, man, you gotta try this. Come on. Would you say this kind of game would appeal to most players of games? Like, does it have the same qualities that attract players to other games? I don't know, because I feel like a lot of the casual market is, A, it's like we said with our brothers, it's it's FPS, or B, it's competitive. And you, and you only have, like, only Don't Starve Together is competitive in a very certain sense, right? I... I feel like you could answer this question because, again, it's, you're far more in it, but do a lot of people play Don't Starve Together competitively? Like, I know you can do that in certain worlds. I think it's, it's a, yeah, there are definitely subsets of the community that are more interested in speedrunning. And then there are other subsets of the community. I'd say probably the largest group of players are mainly interested in building. And this is pure speculation, just mm -hmm. based on my experience talking with players. There are small groups of players that are interested in speedrunning the game. In my opinion, and I've talked, I've spoken with other content creators about it, Don't Starve Together just doesn't strike me as a great game for speedrunning. Like, it's very randomized and procedurally generated, 
and you know it's an open-ended game so there's really no major benefit to completing things as quickly as you possibly can but in terms of mm -hmm. you know in terms of the appeal of speedruns there's definitely a community for that and they've come up with some really uh creative methods for getting certain things done in the game yeah i feel like i i think it's like the the, the developers intended i think you either love this game or hate it i think because again, like you said, you see so many people get frustrated with it because of not only the mechanics, but of just how you enter the world, right? It's They don't teach you how to play. They don't give you any sort of instruction. They've done certain things to kind of intrinsically uh, show you the gameplay loop, right? You, you pick up some sticks, you pick up flint, and then it dings, and you can see that you can make an axe. It's like, what do I do with the axe? Well, you can chop down a tree. Hmm. Like, that's smart game design, but I feel like if you're playing the game by yourself, you just randomly pick it up. It It is easy to get frustrated at and how punishing it is, but people like you and I, who like those sort of mechanics and love survival games, it's... You know, you're like, ooh, yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I agree. Uh, Clay will not hold your hand through this game. They don't, they've had plenty of opportunities to introduce a tutorial to the early game, and I think that it's been a conscious decision not to, in the same way that it, they have not consciously... They've, uh, they've proactively decided that they were never going to have achievements in this game because it would go against the nature of the game and the whole mm -hmm. philosophy of this game doesn't really have an ending there so there shouldn't be any goals towards that end yeah because when they originally play tested it right they or the early builds kind of had that they had a little bit of instruction but when they play tested mm -hmm. it apparently people would play for 20 30 minutes do their goals and be like yo this is boring but when they didn't have anything like that, people would just explore and look around and kind of get more intrinsically interested in the world and, and kind of how it develops. So, and I think I think a game like that makes it makes it more conducive to creating content because you're going to exactly. have more players looking for answers on YouTube or watching streamers on Twitch to see how the game can be played. Mm -hmm. and it, so I'm thankful Personally, to play because of that. <laughs> exactly. Putting food on uh, my table. <laughs> Personally, like even still to this day, I say all the time when I play with my friends, it's, it's we're just doing something, you know, where we got a good groove going on, and then something just random happens that we don't even yep. know. And I, I say like out loud, it's like I love this game. There's <laughs> always something new. There's always something funny or mysterious to kind of you know poke with a stick and be like what happens what happens if i do this what happens if i attack this open this random chest what happens if i go down this hole just such minimal stuff and then you know it's either you die or <laughs> something happens and you keep on living it and both are rewarding because it's like you die and it's like man shit but it's like now i know not to do that or 
you explore more and maybe you find items or just new kind of biomes or something like that and it's like okay how can i use this to my advantage what does this mean stuff like that so it is back in the day like back in the early 2010s right at the uh what the gaming space in the industry looked like back then games like this were such a gamble and clay knew that right like they knew um making a game with no tutorial and being super punishing was a gamble but a, you know from what you and i can kind of gush about is that it works so well <laughs> it's so good yeah i can safely say that having played the game over i think i just hit my 3000 hours on don't starve together Dang. the game still throws me curveballs constantly there's always something happening that i didn't see coming no matter how much i think yeah. i know about the game there's always some random element that just pops up in the middle of a gameplay and it can result in everything burning to the ground it can result in the death <laughs> it could re result in something hilarious uh i was i was doing a speed run well not a speed run but a boss run and uh i was bringing some stuff onto onto the, one of the islands in the game. And mm -hmm. out of nowhere, I was I was near the water, a herd of pangles leaped out of the water directly on top of me, except they weren't like the friendly kind of penguins. They were the, the mm -hmm. cursed undead moon, uh, moon rock penguins. And they immediately started attacking me. Oh and I didn't, That's yeah, I, I, I didn't die, but it was a very close call. And it was something that really couldn't have been avoided. It was just a random occurrence in the game that just keeps mm -hmm. you constantly on your toes, constantly stressed out. But at the same time, it makes the game very exciting to play. It does. It does indeed. Do you remember kind of the, the first thoughts you had when you first picked up the game? Or did, um, was it by yourself or did someone kind of help you through it a bit because when i first played it was with a friend and he had very minimal knowledge but he at least gave me some instruction well i started off playing don't starve which is a solo version i didn't know anyone yeah. else who played it so i yeah i i'd say i got the the experience of playing the game for the first time that was closely in line with the intent of the developer i would say i didn't look up too many guides i just i just dove into it and started dying one day survive dying three days survive starved to death four days survive killed by a, another thing i didn't know if it was neutral or hostile and i I'd, uh, I'd say i went on like that until and then then i figured out how to survive for the first season and then at you know after 20 days <laughs> it got <laughs> winter started and I was like, "Oh, now I got to now I got to keep warm all the time. How am I going to do that?" And th at that point I started looking <laughs> at guides. <laughs> Cuz like, okay, yeah. this is like this is a lot to keep track of. How how am I supposed to how am I supposed to know how just how to survive all these things? Mhm. Mm uh I remember back in the day um I found this game. Again, this will show how young I am. I think I was in 12th grade when it came out. Um and I was at my friend's house. My friend, uh, this is this is such a weird association. My friend, I'm from a small town. He lived on a barn. Um, the barn was right next to his house, so it smelled like how you would think it would smell. Just just the entire his entire yard, his house, it, it smelled like a barn. And 
uh, now I live down the road from a goat farm and every time I take my dogs for a walk and I smell what you're thinking of, mm -hmm. I think of Don't Starve and mm. I get such a big hankering to play for. So wow, uh, that's for quite the people watching, <laughs> whenever I smell shit, <laughs> I think of Don't Starve. <laughs> um, but yeah, b back in the day when me and my friend played it, it was um, he was playing something else in the room, and and I was going through his PS4. I'd never touched a PS4 before, and I was like, oh, what's this game? It has like this cool Tim Burtony art style, and he's like, oh, it's this indie game my friend like kind of gave to me. He's like, you should try it if you if you like the look of it. I was like, oh, do you know how to play? He's like, oh, like a little. And you and I pretty much had the same experience. It was uh, die on first day, okay? Like, I guess I have to make a fire at night. Uh, die the third day because I starved because, you know, I didn't have food. And then uh, eventually got the game on my laptop and just played by myself and literally hit that wall of day 20. And it's like, winter? What do you mean winter? <laughs> like, I just found out how to survive this season. And, that, like quite literally the same just started looking up guides and whatnot and took me forever to figure out how to survive winter so it's funny i i feel like a lot of don't start players have that uh uh ex exact same experience yeah and i My, I, appre uh, I appreciate the the natural progression of surviving in the game that kind of takes you through different seasons and kind of creates these these natural uh, uh you know levels of learning how to survive in a different way I think the mm -hmm. just the the way the game progresses creates creates a very natural flow in that regard, and it you know forces you to reevaluate your survival situation every couple of hours. I really appreciate about that game. Yeah, the just the loop in, like you said, kind of knowledge, and then and then reevaluating what you need to do or what can help in that moment. Because, like you said, anything can happen you can get a bunch of penguins like hopping on your ass all of a sudden and it's like oh i'm near death or or you didn't pay attention to how hungry you were and you got sidetracked and it's like well i need to do something right it's, yeah and we the way um, it usually happens because obviously you know it's a random game is they'll throw three to four things at you all at the same time you'll be freezing <laughs> you'll hear hounds barking you'll be star yeah. you'll be probably close to starving and uh, you might be getting chased by something, you know, maybe a bird that you went too close to their nest or whatever. But it all it all happens at the same time in this game. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's. Oh, I, it, I didn't mention you're also insane and getting attacked by <laughs> by visions of your nightmares. It can be so overwhelming, but that's the thing. It's it's it's. I feel like anybody who hasn't played this game who's listening is like, this sounds like hell. What exactly. are you talking about? Exactly. How is and, that fun? And that's why that's why I'm genuinely then, curious, like, does this really appeal to, you know, a wider a wider group of gamers? I think the answer is yes, because you still I mean, mm -hmm. uh, obviously the the game has sold millions of copies and has mm -hmm. been in development now. I mean the Don't Starve Together has been in development now for five years. I, maybe it, it might be six, actually. Um, and the developer team is still very interested in continuing to develop the game. I think that's a testament to the uh, to the 
the persistence of the community and the the unrelenting interest in this game. Mm-hmm. I think it has a I think it has an appeal. I'm just <laughs> I just don't know what type of person uh, that appeals to yet. Because when we describe I, I it the way just... the way you're describing it, the way I'm describing it, it sounds like kind of a stressful and you know frustrating game. <laughs> I think it's just people like you and I who our ears kind of prick up whenever we hear the word survival, right? And Yeah, maybe, and... maybe we're just masochists. <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's clearly such a market in, in the gaming industry for people who like things that are difficult. Like, just look at, at Souls game and stuff like that. Or, totally. Or other indie games like Celeste or something. It's people want that challenge, and with Don't Starve, it is... It feels even more punishing, right, than something like Dark Souls. Because Dark Souls, you just you die and you have all your stuff and you can just run back to the boss or something. But this, it's like, no, just restart the whole game. Like, you're never going to see that world again. You're never going to, you know, be faced with the exact same circumstances. And you might not get is... a chance to practice whatever it was that killed you for several exactly, hours. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I feel like that's what a lot of, not beginning, but just moving from beginning to kind of being knowledgeable is, is players like that, they make the mistake of, okay, I need to really prepare for that thing that killed me. But then you quickly learn, it's like, well, you can't just prepare for that one thing because it could be very random. You could be wasting your time, like thinking some rare mob or... or or like something catching on fire randomly and killing you will like be the death of you but it, that's not the case it's like it's it's kind of like life in a sense you have to build up the the basic survival stuff get food and, and make sure you have shelter and and just be safe in general then you start worrying about kind of try, try to avoid the tentacles the more... <laughs> coming out of the ground and killing you <laughs> exactly Try to avoid the birds pecking your eyes out. Well, I live in New York. I can I, I can I can semi relate to that peril somewhat. These pigeons are assholes. <laughs> Man, that is that's kind of freaky. If, if that's a, if we're uh, just uh, in danger of our environment, I live in the middle of the forest. I, you're making me freaked out that like a deer clops is there gonna you go. come out of the trees or something. There you go. Watch <laughs> out, man. I don't I don't know if there's a uh, Canadian equivalent. Or maybe that maybe that is the Canadian equivalent. Uh, it would be Woody turning into like the were beaver or something. There's gonna be a were beaver outside my window or something. I don't want to think about auction. And he's gonna smell out. like goat shit. <laughs> the the, the vis- vision farm, is that's complete. That's <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> be walking my dogs and he's just gonna be like in the herd of of goats or something. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna, gonna smell him before you see him. But by then it'll be too late. Um, I'm curious. Have you ever tried to like get your friends or, or someone other than your brother into this game? Has it ever kind of worked? You know the I I can't say I have no. And most the majority of my real life friends are not much of gamers in their regard, and the ones that are are, are much more casual gamers. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Mario Kart is probably the most popular game among my real life friends. <laughs> yeah, Smash Brothers, you know, and they're very competitive in those games. Uh, mm. I've tried once or twice getting a friend into Don't Starve, and it just didn't. It didn't pan out. No, the the biggest 
the biggest group of players I found interested in the game were the players that joined the community that I was forming around the channel and the and the uh, Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never really had much of a need to find uh, real life people or pe- people from my life who might be interested in the game because there's always been plenty of people online to play with. And I'm guessing you kind of, because to me, there's two different kinds of, of gamers. There's people like my brothers like this. It's they play one game for a very long time and they focus on that. They might try other things. Are you kind of like that with Don't Starve? Like, do you kind of just stick to it? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% addicted to the game. <laughs> and especially you're, especially you're... since I've been focusing my, you know, content focusing yeah, around content yeah. creation on the game, it's become even more of a of a very focused effort to learn the game and, you know, get as good at it as I can. And dear friends or even uh you said you're married, right? Mhm. Does your your wife do 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 they kind of look at you and be like, dude, why are you playing this game? Holy shit, man. You know, <laughs> like, they're... Cause, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I've had uh, friends or even my brother kind of be like that, too. Just being like, how are you putting so much time into one thing? Totally. I think being married to a musician, she might have been a little more conditioned to that mm-hmm. that very focused concentration on uh, on one thing. That it's, it's you know, it's an... Obs- it's a borderline obsessive compulsion that you kind of need to be a musician to be able to focus on uh, practicing an instrument for hours to get good enough to find work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have that drive. You have to have that focus. So I think she knew me as a person who, when I find something that I really enjoy doing, I get tunnel vision. I can't I can't think about other interests i focus only on that so it was in that regard it wasn't too dissimilar from Mm -hmm. my focus as a musician but it was definitely some is definitely a uh a line of work that no one in my family has experienced before i'm i'm curious because it's kind of funny because like you said you're a musician but i guess before i get into the action what what uh instruments you play i play upright bass primarily Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and electric bass, and I are... play a little bit of piano. I write music on piano mostly, and okay. I do the occasional backup singing. Uh, is there any um, "Don't Starve" character? Because their voices are based off instruments, right? That's what they what the developers use. Are any characters mm-hmm. uh, bass? Uh, I don't think so. I think Wolfgang is a tuba. I don't think there's any character that plays the bass. I really hope I'm not getting this wrong. It would be very (laughs) embarrassing. Of all the bit, of all the characters, I should probably know the one that plays bass. I'm trying to, I'm trying to run through the list of characters in my head. I don't think so, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, most of the, I think most of the voices are made by synthesized Uh, instruments. You said, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a cool little Easter egg though. I, I love that part of the game. Anytime they introduce a new character, I'm like, I wonder what their voice is gonna be like. Have you checked out? Uh, have you ever heard of an Otamatone? No. What is that? That sounds sick. Yeah, just look it up. I'm I'm gonna type it into the into the chat for you. Uh, it is a kind of a Japanese <laughs> instrument, 
and it's shaped like okay. a Pac-Man with a, with a face on it, with a long stem poking out of the of the back of his head. And it's a it's a digital instrument. This is the voice of Walter, oh. one of the newer characters that they added to the game. This I've the voice seen of Walter. You yeah. can order one of these online. They're like they're like ten bucks, fifteen bucks, and they make that sort of That's so sick. And you can yeah. <laughs> and it's really easy to play, but like that's the kind of quirky, you know niche of sound by you know, like sound sampling that is what the characters generally get like you you you, you won't hear mm -hmm. too many characters with the sound of acoustic instruments but every once in a while you get i think uh wheeler from the from the single player game she's like a honky tonk piano you know it's like you walked into a shaky's pizza it's like ragtime mm -hmm. <laughs> like attitude piano that's so cool but yeah, I got I got a lot of respect for the studio for their sound development. I, yeah, I, I've seen these things like ever, especially mm -hmm. on TikTok before. I, I never. Yeah, you've knew probably what seen like called. the Otamatone cover of "Take on Me." Yeah, um, and you said earlier about you know you kind of built uh, your own community around this. Uh, tell me about the the sort of uh, beginning steps because you said you know you had the equipment, you loved this game, you figured you could start doing um content creation like what happened after that like what was it like to kind of gather people around you and have people interested in your uh content it felt like a very natural progression to me i started off on youtube and when i hit a thousand mm -hmm. subscribers i went ahead and rented a dedicated server so that i could play with people on my own server and around that time, I opened a Discord server so that if people were interested in playing, they could come on, you know, they could join the Discord and just hang out or, you know, communicate via voice chat and play, you know, play a game together. So it just felt like, okay, this is the next thing that you do. You make a, you're a content creator, you make a Discord, or you offer them something like a dedicated server. And from there, uh, yeah, af af after that, I started streaming on Twitch, started dabbling on Twitch, around 2,000 subscribers, and yeah, lately streaming has been the majority of content that I've been creating. Mostly because it feels like the most connecting form of content. And in, in regards to, you know, mm -hmm. keeping in touch with the community and building the community. I'd say the Discord and the Twitch channel have been the biggest tools for building the community. And uh, is it kind of, have you ever felt a difficulty with building a community around an indie game of sort? Especially like we said, such a, such a polarizing game where people love it or hate it. Or like I mentioned, a lot of my friends don't even know this game exists. Yeah, it's a challenge. And the other challenges Will will they stay as interested in the game for uh, as long as I'm staying interested in it? And the answer, you know, invariably is no. So one of the one of the things that I really try to push for on the Discord is, you know, you come you come here because you like the game. Maybe you saw a couple of my videos. Now let's figure out what else you're interested in. Are you an animal person? Are you a foodie? Do you really like? Are there other games that you're really interested in? 
you know, let's keep keep you here and like mm -hmm. meet meet people that are going to give you a reason to stick around, even if you start to lose interest in the game at later times. We've got a League of Legends channel on. I mean, I've I've never played League of Legends in my life, but there were enough members that were interested in having the channel, and it's keeping them on the Discord and. For that, I'm, you know, I'm very thankful. Do you think uh, a big thing with you is experimentation? Because, like you said, you have to keep people interested. Like, how much do you do um, experiment-wise with your content? As far as changing the style? Yeah. Or trying trying out new things with the content? Yeah, I guess, because... I'll do the occasional... Yeah, I'll, I'll do the occasional first look of a video. They... They inevitably don't perform as well as the Don't Starve content. I think at this point I've I pretty much established myself as a content creator for mm -hmm. this game, and I think it's what people have come to expect of what I do, and I'm I'm frankly okay with that. Every once in a while I'll stream a new game on Twitch, and you know it's it I still do I, I do at at like partner level for non DST games. But the bottom line is, I mean, I, I, I still enjoy making content for this game immensely. So I haven't felt the need to experiment too much with style. But that said, I mean, my, my editing style is always evolving. And uh, my stream style is always evolving. And I, I do listen to feedback from members. Because they usually have the best ideas for me in terms of mixing it up or making my content better. Uh, do you host a lot of like, cause again, like I said, I don't, I, I'm very bad at keeping up with, with my favorite content creator streams. Um, do you just play with the community a lot or, or, um, your community, I guess you could say. So, uh, content wise, it's, I, I do, I do mostly solo plays, mm -hmm. but every month or so I will do a day one stream on the endless server. We'll, we'll reset the endless server once a month. So I'll join a couple of couple of friends for day one on the endless server, and then off stream I I'll hop onto the server every once uh, you know a few days a week. Uh, I'm also curious because, but to be to be honest, the, yeah yeah the, I enjoy mostly. Sorry to interrupt. By no, no, it's uh, okay. It's but okay. I I most as far as as far as playing with my viewers. I enjoy playing with my viewers the most when I'm not streaming or when I'm not creating content. Yeah. So I can just focus on hang hanging out and you know doing whatever it is they want to do without worrying about is what I'm doing interesting to you know a hundred people watching me play the mm -hmm. game. I could just do what I enjoy doing, and uh, or what other people want to do. Yeah, I feel like I because. I did a 24-hour charity stream this weekend, and I feel like a lot of people who don't stream don't realize that just the idea of being on camera and especially something like Twitch, your whole um, mindset is just how do I entertain? How do I how do I retain attention? How do I um, you know what do I say? How do I talk to people? How do I make sure I'm not just like <laughs> Uh, letting dead air go for a long time and and it's emotionally taxing like it's it's very weird it's a, it's a weird different kind of tired but it's fun it's fun obviously you do that thing ever where if like you can look at sort of the graph chart of 
your viewers over the course of a stream and then you might see like a dip in viewers towards the middle of the stream and you're gonna and you'll you'll think like oh shit what did I, what happened mm -hmm. during that time like what did i do wrong and you go back and you're watching the vods you're trying to figure like did i say something did i offend someone <laughs> did i just like was i just being boring or was i not doing anything interesting on the stream yeah it's very taxing and trying to keep trying to keep a group of people's attention while essentially doing doing the same thing for hours it's incredibly challenging and i got a lot of respect for some of the larger content creators of this game like glurms and james bucket and orange who really know how to how to attract an audience and keep their interest mm -hmm. it's do you ever get this thing too because this happened to me after this weekend i was it was after the stream and we were driving home and i was literally just sitting in the car and for it for a split second, I was like, oh, shit, I'm still on camera. I should say something. Like, it, it's like a residual <laughs> effect. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's it's like streaming PTSD. I swear. It's, oh, totally. You feel if you're if you're silent for more than 30 seconds, something's gone terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's time to time to ask yourself a question. So that just so that you can answer it and hear your voice. <laughs> Yeah, my, uh, my my wife was listening to me stream the other day, and it was a longer stream. It was like six or seven hours. We're both working from home mm -hmm. right now. She's like she's working remotely. And for after the six hour stream, she, all she had to say was, How, or she she said she was sitting in the other room listening to my voice for hours. Like, how does he still have something to say? <laughs> what more? What more is there that he could say? Mm -hmm. He said everything. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the life of a streamer. But yeah, it's it's still it's still very taxing, and I don't like talking after a stream. <laughs> My family will joke that I'm very I'm very quiet at dinner time. <laughs> does your does your wife ever like, <laughs> like you said? She's like, how does he have something to say? And then you know you sit down for dinner, and she's like, say something. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> talk don't to sit me. They're eating. <laughs> say something. Uh, don't just sit there with a mouthful of food. Oh boy! <laughs> no, but I I, I I joked that maybe for for dating, you know, it it might be it might improve your listening skills to stream for six hours before going on a date, so that you really have <laughs> nothing else to say. All that's left in your power is to just sit there and listen to someone. <laughs> yeah, and then and then she'll go home and be like, yeah, weirdo, just stared at me the whole time. You just didn't have anything you to say. <laughs> But goddamn, if he was a good listener, <laughs> I really felt appreciated and listened to. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's 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 a whole other beast. It it, it really is. Um, have you have you developed any real concrete memories like later? Because again, a, a big part of the show is when you first play the game, or or back in the day when you know people were kids, they create all these formative memories, but. You know, you and I are adults, and you got into this game, and it's become such a huge part of your life now. Have have you made like any memories, like long nights where you played the game, and you're just like, man, this is this is great. Like life is just good, or, or stuff like that, or or a particular time you had um, fun with your community, or had a good moment, or stuff like that. I haven't had too many late nights with the game. Especially since my daughter was born, mm -hmm. I'm much more of a morning person now. My uh, 
the the people in in my time zone complain that I I stream very early. I usually start my stream at like nine a.m. Yeah, because that's like the best time for me to stream. As far as like yeah, I mean there have been so many incredible moments made, especially on the dedicated server that I host. And there have been I mean you, I I would probably have to scan through some of my older Twitch clips, mm -hmm. but. I've made some really, I've met some really unique people through the experience of being a content creator, and I feel like I've captured a lot of those moments. There were some really special moments uh, captured on stream, especially during the times I play with other folk. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it emerges out of the chaos that's inherent to the game. Sometimes a bunch of shit just goes down, and it's it it's it can't be anything other than hilarious. Because it's just so, the way, it, it, just, it just transpires so naturally, and all you're left with is the personalities of people that experience this, this chaos with you. I'd say, yeah, I'd say those moments I take away from the experience more than anything else. Mm -hmm. My friends during the pandemic, during the pandemic, like at, at the start of 2020, is, and especially in the summer of that year, is when I got heavy into Don't Starve Together, and it was, it was... Uh, I put this at the end of the article I just wrote. It, it became such a good distraction because I got my friends into it and I got uh, the girl I was dating at the time into it. And we would just every night, like we said, the fun gameplay loop, we would die and then we'd be like, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how we prepare for winter, summer, blah, blah, blah. And we would just work at it like every night. And it was so fun to just experience with it because I had played Don't Star for so many years by myself previously and when i first tried don't starve together i didn't know anything about like the the expansion so i was like immediately lost and it was too daunting so i just kind of i was like oh i need to learn more about the game till i get to don't starve together and finally that summer i just took the leap so it's it, it, it's funny to read the contrast of at the beginning some of the main developers on the game were so against it being multiplayer and it has just worked out so incredibly well in in just every aspect yeah they definitely changed their tune As, i didn't see i i didn't expect it to be such a such a popular game well the, the 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 multiplayer version of don't starve i mean everything about the single player version of it appealed to me as a solo player mm -hmm. Uh, from the solo player experience. Well, yeah, exactly. So I, I never really understood how it was going to work as a as a multiplayer game, but as we both know, it's now way more popular than than single player Don't Starve. Most people hear about the franchise through the multiplayer version of the game. Yeah, exactly. And and the it's it's weird because the main atmosphere of the single player game is that it's lonely and it's kind of like creepy and mysterious exactly so it's like exactly it literally goes against <laughs> kind of it's yeah it's part of the whole ambiance of play uh, the, the experience of playing the game mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're you're thrown in with a bunch of other people and like how do you recreate that feeling of of danger and uh you know roguelike survival and you know to a de to a degree like the sense of feeling like you're on your own mm -hmm. i for me, uh, I don't know what it's like for you. The, the feeling of being on your own and loneliness does go away when I play Don't Starve Together. But I feel like the mystery and sort of 
how the world of, um, I believe it's the constant, right? That's what it's called, the world of Don't Starve. Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's it still has that mystery and sort of unnatural, uncanny ambiance. Just because, like we said, the gameplay loop and all the mysteries and the constant updates and stuff like that. Um, but the single player game, it it it's weird. It it's. It, do you think it kind of loses that with Don't Serve Together? I've never. It's it's not it's not an easy question for me to answer because I still experience this the multiplayer version of the game in large parts as a solo yeah. experience. Yeah, that's true. That's true. every every time I every time I stream, I, I usually stream on solo worlds mm-hmm. unless I'm playing on an endless server. And yeah, in those moments, there is something a little bit a little bit I don't want to say lost, but it is it's it's a different framing of the experience. Mm-hmm playing with other people and but at the same time it it adds a lot to the experience that you wouldn't get playing by yourself you know the feeling of like less of the feeling of being overwhelmed like we it's more of a look how much we could accomplish when there's more than one of us Mm -hmm. like look at these look at these giant builds we can make Look at all the, uh, you know, look at all these giant raid bosses that we can actually melt once we get, once there's like four of us yeah. instead of just one. And it's very, it's very reaffirming. And, uh, you know, there's, there's team building merits to the version of the game. There's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, you, you'll, you come onto my endless server or like you look at the, you look at the dedicated server conversation on my Discord. It's a it's a social experiment just as much as any other social like real life social yeah. experiment. People are people are learning how to cooperate with each other in this game in a very real way. It and you don't you don't get that in the single player version of the game. It's funny you say that because I never thought of that, but it's so true. Like when my friends and I play it together, it feels like we're getting better at like communicating and planning because it's like we the way we play is like we give like jobs out. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go do this, you do this, other person stay at yeah. base and do that. Yeah, you wear hats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's it's like it's like that meme I've seen of pe- of people being uh, girls are like, what do you mean guys can't communicate? I've heard you guys in Call of Duty lobbies. Y'all know exactly what to say. And it's like <laughs> it's like yeah, it's just <laughs> you're in that zone. You're in the communication zone. It's like. Because, you know, in in kind of the most um, fun and outlandish way, it's like, it's do or die. <laughs> in Don't Starve, it's, uh, totally. it's, it's communicate or you're not going to make it. You're going to waste time. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the one of the qualities of the game that makes it a little more accessible than the single player version of the game is you can you can wear a hat. If there are certain things in the game that you like doing, then you can probably do that for a team. We've I've got players that really enjoy farming. Mm-hmm. Most of yeah, what they yeah, like yeah. to do in the game is farming. So they'll just like hang out in base, base and farm and they're super content to do that. Just provide food for people. There's other people that like to go fight bosses. There's other people that like to build stuff. There's people that like to gather. And in the single-player version of the game, you kind of have to do everything by yourself. Yeah. You can't just settle for being good at one of these things. You have to be a good fighter. You have to be a good gatherer. So it's, yeah, it, it, for someone 
who can who just enjoys doing one of those things the multiplayer version of the game seems a lot more accessible to them yeah and like you you can get away with certain players not necessarily knowing how to do everything but yeah. they can still contribute. It's it's funny as you're you're describing these different roles and like the things that that your friend and your ex like to do in the game. I can almost see which characters they would be drawn to as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. And then they they added new characters to the game that seemed more le- like they they lean more towards specialization. Mm-hmm. Then the I, characters, which those were all, all the characters you just said were, I think, the original ones to the game. I watched a video on literally the other day of, like, somebody just did a tier list of characters. And I was like, man, I didn't know some of these characters, like, had all these cool buffs and, like, cool specialties. Like, I need to try this stuff. Like, that's the thing. My, my ex played as Willow all the time. And we didn't even know the bear could, like, transform into, like, this mini boss and fight for you. I did not even know that. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, that's yeah, I think, sh- that, I think that was a newer thing. They added that a couple years ago when they reworked the character. Yeah, that, we used to play together like like last year. That's the thing. Like we still didn't know. Mm-hmm. That just shows like how casual of a player like I am and kind of we were compared. Well, to- that's that's another thing that I really appreciate about the game is that they're still developing it, and you you come back after a year, you're gonna find a lot of new stuff in the game that mm-hmm. wasn't there before. Well, that's and a- I think that's one thing that's keeping people revisiting the game. Like they'll they'll step away from the game for a year or maybe even two years. They'll come back, and it'll still be the game they know, but with lots of new content. And I think that speaks that speaks mountains to uh, the game developers that they can reinvigorate or they can recultivate interest in players like that. Yeah, that's the thing with the whole Wolfgang change recently, too. Like, I came back to the game. I was like, oh, what the heck? Like, completely different. Like, completely changed up kind of how you play as him or, you know, his specialty. It was was, was kind of not unnerving, but it was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not the same game, especially especially when you compare the multiplayer version to uh, the original game. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever go Very back different. to the original game, even though you said you played Don't Starve single yeah. player? I. Oh well, I I mean I'm I'm primarily streamed the multiplayer version nowadays, but lately I've been streaming one day a week on the uh, single player version. Mm-hmm. It's actually today I I streamed six hours today of Shipwrecked and Hamlet in the single player version of the game. I. I don't want you to hate me, but still to this day, like I said, been playing Don't Starve since 2015. I have not tried Shipwreck or Hamlet because me and my friends, like I said, we just got down. We just survived a full year in Reign of Giants. Like, that is how slow we play this game. It is uncanny. Man. Man. Man, pick up a copy of Shipwreck. I have it. I have it's, it. it uh, <laughs> you got, man, you got to check it out. I'm telling you. For me, I mean, Raid of Giants is going to be like the experience. It's going to be like the the single player experience of playing Don't Starve Together. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're both based, based off of that, you know, the Reign of Giants map. But what really makes single player shine is the DLCs, mm-hmm. for, in my opinion. Shipwrecked and Hamlet, 
the way you can transfer that survive that the game mechanics into these very different worlds with you know different color cubes different uh completely different settings worlds characters mobs uh that's the kind of content that don't starve together is never really going to emulate and i think that's what makes the makes the single player game so unique and so still very much uh enjoyable to me at least oh man i'm getting like you're hyping it up. I'm getting like giddy. It's like, dude, oh, check to... out Shipwrecked. I'm telling you, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to really, I think you're going to appreciate it. Oh, I, I might, uh, tomorrow, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's... It's like if Rain of, if Rain of Giants was like the dark Tim Burton color vibe, Shipwrecked is just light yeah. and colors, lots of blues and greens, like lush sailing around. I think, I think you're going to enjoy it. That's a, I, I think I've like kept it in my back pocket because, like we've said, I love the aspect of new things in this game. And it's like, that's a lot of new that I can just discover one day. You know what I mean? Definitely. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's, 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 it makes, help, keeps it uh, a stand, it stands apart from the multiplayer version of the game. The next time someone tells you, well, the multiplayer version of the game is just, you know, more developed, fewer bugs. The DLC is what really what really makes it special. Man, what I hear something crazy is I uh, watched a bunch of your guides on, like, Rushing the Runes. And uh, I played Don't Starve Together on my PS4, but I played the single-player version on my Switch. I can't get to hmm. the runes on my version on the Switch. My game glitches. It just it just freezes as soon as I get down there, and I've never been able to explore it in the single player game. It's so That's odd. so bizarre. Yeah, and I thought the first time I discovered it was probably two years ago, and I when I played it recently, like this month, I was like, oh, they've probably patched it out by now or fixed it. Same thing. It's still there. It's so odd. You got yeah that you got me curious. I just picked up. Don't starve. For switch this week really so i will but i haven't i haven't played reign of giants yet you got me really curious i'm gonna see if that happens on my game too yeah i, f I feel like i should i don't know if there's any way to like report it to the developers or it's uh, the thing is they don't they just don't really they're not really developing single player that much anymore so a lot of the bugs that have been outstanding for years are just considered node at this point yeah. by the community or just classified as known probably not going to be fixed anytime soon they they mentioned in uh in their roadmap last year that they wanted to revisit the ports of the single player version of the game so they it seemed like they were paying attention to the bug tracker for a while but uh it doesn't sound like a lot of progress was made in terms of making the console versions less buggy I noticed that just playing Hamlet on Switch for a couple of hours. There's a lot of there's there's a lot to be improved on with these <laughs> ports. Uh, it was it was super cool when the the latest Nintendo Indie Showcase was a thing, and and they announced that Don't Starve Together was coming to the Switch. I was like freaking out, oh, yeah. and everyone was like, "What? What's the big deal?" And I was like, "Yo, so cool, man!" And they're like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> And and yeah, it's it's been the question has been asked so many times on 
YouTube videos and and streams. When is when is it coming to Switch? Yeah. When's it gonna happen? <laughs> um. So, so yeah, I definitely I, I I'm really excited to get a copy of it and and I there's so many mem the the thing that makes that's most exciting about that for me is I finally get to play with certain members of the community that I've known from my from my content for years but never been able to play with them because they only have you know they 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 only have a switch mm -hmm. so i'm really looking forward to playing dst with them yeah it's 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 going to be such a good time um we talked about this a bit before uh we started recording but uh you know you kind of said that you don't have you know any insider knowledge but i'm curious if you've heard even a little bit because I always think about this. Are they ever going to do, like, more big expansions? Because you just said that they're not really doing single-player content anymore. Expansions to single-player Don't Starve? Yeah, I guess, I guess, like Hamlet or Shipwrecked. Like, I, I, I always think of Hamlet as something that came out, like, just a year ago. But I know it's been a long time now, so. Mm. Yeah, Clay has not been developing single-player for... A long time. Yeah. They briefly they briefly updated to added the ability to dim flashes when they add you know in response to um, epilepsy trigger concerns mm. from the community. They added that into DST and into the uh, into the single player version. But other than that, they have not really touched single player. Don't starve in in many years. And my understanding is that they have no intention of doing so now. Dang. I think they're much more interested in developing the multiplayer version. Yeah, it makes sense. And rightfully so. It it's sense. it's it's the more popular version of the game. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't mind some of these bugs getting patched out, though. <laughs> I just want to go to the damn ruins, man, on my Switch. I just want to go to the ruins, man. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> oh. that's, like, that's like, you know, if you pay $3 for Reign of Giants, the ruins, that's like one of those dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I want, I want all $3 worth out of this game. <laughs> I joke that like, I paid like ninety nine cents for the for the iOS version of Don't Starve, and I tried calculating like, how many hours I I that that ninety nine cents took me very far mm -hmm. in terms of playtime. Don't Starve is definitely I've gotten my money's worth out of this game. <laughs> it's cheap too. It's regardless cheap. <laughs> of the bugs, yeah. like any version of it is cheap, and that's the thing. Uh, I have a friend asking about it. Uh, recently, he's like, "Does it ever go on sale?" I was like, "All the time!" Like, "Geez!" Oh, all the time! Yeah, <laughs> um, constantly. It's also funny. Back in the day, uh, when the Mega Pack came out for the PS4, I pre-ordered it, mm -hmm. forgot about it, didn't pay for it, and then a year later, I went to. Uh, uh, we didn't have GameStop at the time. We had EB Games. I went to EB Games, and they're like, "Hey, you have this pre-ordered. Do you want it?" And it was the Don't Starve Mega Pack. And I was like, sure. Mm. And it's been sitting on my shelf. I've never opened it, never put it in my PS4. It's still there. Because <laughs> I just, I already <laughs> have it on every other platform. <laughs> yeah, I have cheap. the same issue on Steam. <laughs> I think I have like two or three extra copies of DST. Yeah. I've never gotten, I, I've never managed to get rid of them. Yeah. It's, uh, gamer problems, right? <laughs> First world gamer problems, yeah. Um, no, I I have I have less of an excuse than you do because I've I, I I can host giveaways on my stream. The problem is most most of my viewers already own a copy of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, um I'm just curious, like, 
Oh, I lost my train of thought there for a sec, sorry. Um, where do you kind of see this going in the future for you? Or even where do you see the game kind of going? Hmm. As far as, far as myself, that's kind of up to the direct direction of the game and how long Clay's going to be interested in developing it. Mm -hmm. I think if, if Clay... And, and this is this is why January and February is kind of the most, I don't want to say stressful time of year, but I'm definitely holding my breath because I want to I want to see what the roadmap is going to be for the year. I want to see how Clay intends to uh, to move forward with the game. Mm -hmm. So every time that roadmap comes out, it's like a breath fresher. It's like okay, I can continue to make content on this game and it will be relevant for the for the entirety of the year. Yeah, and uh, I mean, as far as uh, I, as far as I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be interested in playing the game. I'm, I, I have no, I have zero waning interest when it comes to playing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as being relevant, like I'm not, I'm probably not going to stream Don't Starve Together unless it is more or less being actively developed on. And if it isn't, then there's a lot of other really good indie games out there that are being developed. And I think, yeah, for as far as streaming is concerned. It makes the most sense to uh, to stream games that are that still the developer is still interested in. Mm -hmm. it, as far as as far as the direction the of the so. company, I mean, I was gonna say it, it's it would be hard for me to speculate on the direction of the company. I think that the fact that they've recently been acquired by a very large well, we'll say acquired, but. Uh, they have a majority stake of their company is owned by a very large gaming company. My sense is that the bottom line is not the biggest motivator when it comes for them when it comes to deciding which games they want to continue developing. Mm -hmm. I think they have a little bit of a safety net when it comes to when it comes to those kind of choices. So it actually made me optimistic that uh, they will continue to develop don't starve together for the foreseeable future but that is pure speculation i i know nothing to confirm that well that and just the fact that it by far their best-selling game right and you've got to imagine that it accounts for so much of their revenue and how the game grows and and how big the game got in china especially with everything with tencent and stuff like that so mm -hmm. i Again, I know much less, but I feel like just there's some security. There's some, a little bit of certainty that the future is still a bit bright. Uh, what was your feelings towards, um, or I guess also the community feelings when Don't Starve New Home came out? Because when, I've never touched it in my life. Um, when I was writing my article and talking about the history, I, I touched upon it a little bit, but the gameplay I've seen and the opening of the game feels exactly opposite to the way Don't Starve was developed. There's a tutorial, there's four story stuff, there's there's goals and achievements, and I was like, this feels very anti-Don't Starve in a sense. Sure, it has the art style and the mechanics, but... And then, of course, I looked at the... who the developer was, and it wasn't Clay, it was Tencent. But again, I just... Mm -hmm. I. That, I guess that's what I'm asking you. What was sort of the reception or your personal thoughts? I, at well, I, I actually was contacted by Tencent 
And they, they asked me if I wanted to be a creator of the game. Mm -hmm. And I, I told them that I did not. Wow. Uh, the, yeah. There, and there's no, there was no NDA associated with that correspondence. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it. Um, I was at, at first not interested at, at, at all. Even aside from the fact that they were just, they were lifting the IP of, you know, that Clay allowed them to use. Um, it was it was never going to be a clay game. Yeah. So I had no misconceptions about that. And it, it almost came as a relief when I looked at gameplay of the game and yeah, this is this is has nothing of the spirit of of the Don't Star franchise for the same reasons that you just that you just mentioned. So I, it, there was no there was no attempt to emulate the the gameplay. It was just they were just using the IP the artwork, the style, the characters. I, I, I guess, like you said, though... It, so it was it, less of a temptation It is me. kind of reassuring in a sense, right? Because when this whole thing, it's like, what are they going to do? And it's like, well, if they're just going to do this weird mobile thing, what Tencent is known for, like a big thing of their uh, their whole brand is, is, is subpar mobile ports and, and you know... <laughs> Uh, stuff like that. It's like, well, at least they're not changing the main game, right? If, if this is the extent, then it's kind of fine, I suppose. Yeah, my 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 take on it is, it's not going to hurt the experience of people that enjoy playing, you know, mm -hmm. the real version of the game. Uh, and if anything, it might draw new players to the style of the original game and possibly sell more copies where you know maybe people hear about new home because they have the, you know they're into mobile games and maybe that draws them into uh into the clay version mm -hmm. i see that as a possibility yeah. but i'm not holding my breath <laughs> it's 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 catering to a different market yeah. of players it's just always weird talking about this stuff right and i feel like a lot of people um kind of don't get the need for or I guess when you love something, when you love something like you love Don't Starve or, you know, I love Final Fantasy or Fire Emblem or stuff like that. It's like you don't just ignore the bad stuff or and again, I'm not saying this is bad because like we said, nothing has really happened. Nothing has changed, but it's ignore. It's it's like you said, you just want to get in front of it. You want to be you want to say something you want to um you want your opinion to kind of be heard. It's if you love something, you you talk about everything. You talk about all aspects of it, and it's and it's you know sometimes you criticize the things you love even harder because you know what they can be, or because you just love it so much. Because it's it's you put so much time and effort, like you clearly have. Like you said, it's been almost like three thousand hours, and it's just it's so near and dear to your heart. Yeah, and, and at this point, I feel more of a dedication to, more, or more of an obligation to my community than to the developer or to the game. I feel yeah. like, above all, I need to be, I, I need to be honest with the people who are, who follow me, who listen to me, and they deserve, they deserve my, they deserve to hear what I have to say, even if they disagree with it. So I just I, I strive to be as 
transparent about uh, about those subjects as I possibly can, especially you know subjects that affect the community. Yeah, it's. I think, and again, that's what Clay has done in the past, right? Throughout their whole development, that is a big thing that went into writing about my article was how transparent they as a company are with uh, things like Q&A, testing, like uh, taking feedback, uh, when this whole, uh, you know, how open they were with, all right, we are going to do multiplayer and all right, uh, this is why the whole Tencent deal went down. This is what it means. And they've stuck to that. And it's just, they've built up this really good rapport with their audience and their fans. And I guess it's just super cool and wholesome that you kind of emulate that in your own content creation as well. And in your life, it's, it's, it's cool, man. <laughs> well, I, I try my best. It's I, the, the thing that I appreciate about the Don't Starve community in large part is how it's much less toxic than communities that surround other games mm -hmm. in this industry. So I try really hard to set the stage for that attitude and try, you know, I try to be welcoming to new players. I try to acknowledge that every week someone is picking up a copy of the game for the first time and I want when they do, you know, come across my content, I want it I want them to get the sense of a welcome committee. Yeah. Not a bunch of know-it-alls who have been playing the game for five years. So that that is my ongoing goal as a content creator. I, well, I feel like you're doing a great job, man. I don't mean to. Well, thank you. To brown nose you, but yeah, it's it's trying. Uh, it's definitely working. Is uh, is there any final word you want to say about how much you love this game or what it kind of means to you? No, I feel like I've said. I've said most of my piece when it comes to the game. It's weird talking about a game for for an hour and a half after having streamed a game and talked about it for six hours earlier that day. Uh, but man, th thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a really enjoyable conversation. No, man. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Like you said, you just streamed for six hours, for God's sakes. And, and uh, you know, I, I know it took a lot of back and forth to kind of make this happen, but I'm I'm just very, very thankful you agreed, man. Absolutely. If uh, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, if, if you ever want to come on and talk about anything else, you know, just uh, just let me know. I know you're fixated on Don't Starve right now, but still. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Jazzy, do you want to um, let them know where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at well, my Twitch channel. You can find it jazzysgames.tv. And you can find me on YouTube at Jazzy's Games. You can also find me on Twitter at Jazzy's Games. Heck, yeah. Thanks for coming again. Really appreciate it, dude. Uh, everyone, as usual, I've been your host, Sterling Silver. You can find me on Twitter at Silver Sterling. Uh, you can find the Don't Starve article I've been talking about so much. I'm so sorry on RetroWare. It just came out. Um, it's a great article, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry I talked about it so much. It's just relevant. Um, uh, you can find the rest of my work on uh, Jump Cut Play, and you can listen to my other anime podcast, which I host with a couple other people, uh, the Simply Anime Podcast, on all podcasting services. So, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this has been Episode 15 on Don't Starve. We love you guys. 
We'll talk to you real soon. See ya. Thank you.